This episode of Conversations with Coco and Friends is sponsored by our friends at KY Canada. We know that women's pleasure is more stigmatized, which is why it's more important than ever to get exactly what we want. That's why with KY Canada, we're starting the conversation around adding lubes to your toolkit. Whether you're flying solo, keeping it casual, or in a relationship, there isn't any shame in putting the O in owning your pleasure. Follow KY Canada on Instagram and Facebook to find out how you can claim your free sample of KY Naturals. That's at KY Canada on Facebook and Instagram. With KY, WAP is within reach whenever you want it. Own it. Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. Give it up for some more male energy. Today, we're chatting with Dr. Ayeni, a certified plastic reconstructive and aesthetic surgeon with over 22 years of post-secondary training and independent practice experience. Zam! To everyone listening, you're about to hear real answers from the source himself. For all those who have had work done, are thinking about getting work done, or just interested in a no BS conversation, you're in the right place. Cue Dr. Ayeni. So, what do you want us to call you, Dr. Ayeni? Anything and everything, truthfully. Amadele okay. <laughs> works quite well. Modi is a nickname I've had forever. Modi? Dr. Ayeni. Where does Modi come from? You know, it's a funny story. Modi, <laughs> M-O-D-Y, my siblings and I moved from Nigeria to northern Ontario when I was just, I just turned seven. And the middle portion of Amadele, M-O-D-E, mm-hmm. very common kind of nickname, just Modi is how you would say it. But my siblings used to call me ED, which means like backside ass oh. as a nickname. So it's always been kind of this double-edged sort of like, <laughs> so you like love slash hate. Yeah, but then my grade two teacher heard them calling me that. And that's where Modi came from since grade two. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of stuck. So <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for unearthing that very painful. I was going to say, I'm actually so, really happy that I asked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dr. Yeti, it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so we'll just go with that. Grading on on your childhood traumas. Um, so, Doctor Yenny, you come from a long line of surgeons, um, especially when it comes to Black Canadian surgeons. Your father's a surgeon. Your brother's a surgeon. Your other brother's a surgeon. Your sister's a surgeon. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's rare to begin with uh, to have a whole family of surgeons. But as my daughter would like to say, that's ultra rare. Mm-hmm. As she says, because <laughs> every gift you have to buy her has to be ultra rare. Um, <laughs> Excuse me that you make along the path. Mm-hmm. And there's no question, you know, there's a lot of influence in the family. My dad's a surgeon, just recently retired. And my older brother, Femi, is kind of, you know, you kind of follow big brother's yeah. footsteps, if you will. And big, big sister as well, Benpei, uh, in terms of medicine. Uh, I do have a, an, an, the eldest of the five of us is Boomi. She's a businesswoman. She's out in Calgary, married and, and, and doing her thing there very successfully. But, you know, you're kind of a product of your environment. Right. So when you kind of grow up in a household where you see the work ethic, you hear the stories at the dinner table, then your big brother goes into it, your older sister goes into it. It just, they almost fall into it. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say, though, is that there was never any 
pressure. You know, people yeah. assume, especially, yes. you know, you talk about some of the African uh, <laughs> yeah. traditions, you know, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or yeah. an engineer, and that's that. I mean, I think any immigrant, I was actually talking to a friend of mine after we had met last week, and she's from Ghana, too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no pressure there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was just laughing at it, too, because my parents weren't like that, but a lot of uh, friends of mine, right? they weren't like that just because my dad was so forced into what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it is it is kind of awesome to hear another story that you you felt inspired rather right. than like held down basically and forced into. I think you nailed it. Inspired is exactly what it was. You know, growing up as the only black family in that community, opportunities were there, but also weren't there. Uh, my brothers and I played a lot of sports. So, you know, that was one little avenue that yeah. was starting to kind of develop into something kind of unique for me, basketball yeah. specifically. So when the time came and applications were going out and, you know, some recruitment letters were coming, lots of excitement, yeah. right? Like hoop dreams. If they can, <laughs> it's all this happening. is it. It's all happening. I can see the lifetime drama right now. Guinean <laughs> man, family in Northern Ontario fights, plays Absolute, basketball in 100%, winter. You know? <laughs> I had like... Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nicknames, oh, smoke, yeah. my shoe, my sneaker deal. Oh, I yeah, had everything kind of sorted out. So anyway. You might need to keep that just in general. So, but even that said, you know, my parents still kind of cultivated an environment where if that was what I was going to choose to do, they were you know, all chips in. They were all, they were so supportive of it, you know, so falling into medicine didn't really feel like, like you said, it wasn't yeah. by force. So yeah. it just felt like a natural progression if you will yeah what about how you got into like plastics more specifically Mm -hmm. so plastic surgery is very it's a it's a very incredible field i feel truly blessed to be able to uh uh, to to offer plastic and reconstructive services to my patients you know when i when i went into medical school i knew i wanted to do i be a surgeon you know uh each one of us that went into medicine our first summer we actually spent it with my my, my dad you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's kind of a rite of passage and he kind of, yeah, you're faster than your sister, or you're better than your brother. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. I know, and he kind of gives you, and then we all go back at each other, and it's like he's saying the same thing to all of us. Right. Right? Oh, he thought he was giving yeah, you the smoke. You're yeah, like, mm. Yeah, not so much, not so fast. Um, but at the time, uh, you know, I, I attended NASM, which was a really interesting part of my kind of medical journey. It's the Northern Ontario School of Medicine. Uh, I was part of the charter class, so I was the first class through this new med school, newest medical school in Canada. Uh, and, you know, through those experiences, what they wanted to do through their mandate was bring family doctors to Northern Ontario. Okay. So I kind of went rogue and did the opposite, right. <laughs> did like plastic surgery, you know, and uh, in London, Ontario, where I went to do my training. I knew I was going to do surgery, but then, you know, Femi at the time was New York. It's your older brother. My older brother, Femi, right. He's an orthopedic surgeon, uh, head of orthopedics at McMaster University. 
And, uh, you know, he was kind of team doc in New York with the uh, Knicks at the time. Not the Knicks, excuse me, the Nets, New Jersey Nets. So I was like, okay, and now I can do basketball cool. dream. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. This, I was this, like, this, mm-hmm. this is a, <laughs> I still get a I chew. Get, okay. I still get the, exactly. So I thought that was going to be the path. So I actually, you know, in my path for application, I, I went for or- orthopedics and plastics. So I kind of was saying okay. I want to. And the plastics only came about because at the time, my sister Bimpe had gotten into plastics. I mm. truly only knew about plastic surgery in terms of what I thought it meant through, yeah. believe it or not, Nip Tuck. It's almost embarrassing. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> I love that show. Still oh have the DVDs. Bring it back. I'm telling you. Crystal, I, I, it, was, it was such a fascinating show to me, but you know, you saw that element of it. Yeah. But it wasn't until my orthopedic placement um, that I was introduced to hand surgery. Okay. So plastic surgeons do a lot of hand and peripheral nerve surgery. So the intricacies, the anatomy, the you know restoration of function, that kind of stuff actually started to speak to me more mm-hmm. so than the kind of the joints and the, right. you know, the, the orthopedic. More the delicacies. Yeah, yeah. yeah it like, was the intricate, yeah. delicate yeah. surgery that I was exposed to. And then I just, you know, was talking to my sister Bimpe and I was like, oh, hand surgery is actually part of the, the makeup of plastic surgery. Right. And everything else. So you start to discover, you know, the aesthetic surgery and the challenges that come along with that. Um, microsurgery. So I did a fellowship in reconstructive microsurgery. Uh, so there was just so much more. It seemed like right. a really big challenge to right. me. Uh, and that's what drew me to plastic surgery. And then I was fortunate enough to, to be selected to train at Western. And We had a, we had, after I had met you, we had a opening of a restaurant that we were doing. So rushed back downtown and went to that and we we're talking over the team and everybody had seen my posts. So they're okay. like, who, who, <laughs> <laughs> who did you just meet with? And everybody's like yeah, asking all the questions that had like flooded with Izzy Single and blah, blah, blah. Um, we can talk about that later. But what, what, yeah, what was funny is the, is the overall kind of idea that if someone gets into plastics that they're like, Oh, I could never be with a plastic surgeon just because, you know, the, oh, the idea yeah. that if you wanted to be a, pla- be a plastic surgeon, all you cared about was like tits and ass, right? Mm-hmm. It would just be like, mm-hmm. you're just there to see people's boobs. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to see people's boobs, probably be a DJ at a strip club because yeah. the reality <laughs> is seeing boobs and cutting them open, very different right, right. <laughs> than seeing right. cleavage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just like putting that in there, because I love that you, you as, a, as a plastic surgeon, it's so much more about the intricacies rather than it is mm-hmm. about the outcome. Like mm-hmm. the outcome's great. You want right. it to be, but it's like seeing math is beautiful. Like right. the mathematician's like this is beautiful. Everybody else is like, Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No plastic surgery. Like I said, uh, on the onset, it's, uh, it's very humbling too. You know, the human body, my goodness, the anatomy, et cetera. It's very, very humbling. Every time, every time you go into a case, you know, you fall back onto your training, but every patient is different, right. you know, mm-hmm. so something as routine as a breast reduction surgery, yeah. you know, to alleviate uh, back pain, neck pain, shoulder grooving, all that stuff. Every single case is different, right? you know, so it, it keeps you humble. It keeps you kind of constantly trying to evolve, if you will. But uh, there's no question there's, you know, burn care. Mm-hmm. We deal with plastic surgeons, um, hand surgery, peripheral nerve surgery, we've talked about. Uh, my sister is a big champion of breast cancer reconstruction where right. we work in Newmarket, uh, but I do you know quite a bit of that as well. So Yeah, actually, shout a, out the, one of your colleagues hit me up on DM, again, saying how amazing you are. She does all of the um, tattoo tattooing of uh, nipples for the cancer right, survivors. Right, right. I'm like, oh, she's so sweet. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Just quite the community. Oh, seriously. No, no, there's literally so many intricacies. And I love how you started off by like literally talking about the hand 
surgery mm-hmm. i'm like we're kicking it off <laughs> we're kicking it off right <laughs> now i want to get into like the mommy makeovers right. the enhancements and all of that we find even today in 2021 everyone is getting these surgeries or interested right. or thinking about it why do you think plastics are still so frowned upon yeah you know i think there's uh there's a not a taboo but there's a misconception right that that people plastic surgeons you know as a as a as an actual surgeon, there's a misconception as to the kind of person you are, right. you know, the kind of stuff you do mm-hmm. compared totally. to the other surgeons, you know what I mean? The real surgeons, if you will. Yes, and definitely. you hear that through oh. training. And You're con- like, so what am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no home. Real just, yeah. Um, but there's no question that people, you know, I think the big reveal with this pandemic has been uh, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were, were so taken out of their routine and had so much time for self-reflection, so much time to really focus on themselves. So plastic surgery may have been something they've heard about. They have a friend who's had it. Oh, I'd never do that. But then Mm -hmm. they just had a lot of time to themselves. And then, you know, this whole self-care, self-love, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this for me. Mm -hmm. The hell with it if my girlfriend knows I get Botox, whatever. I want to look, I want to feel or look as good as I feel. Mm -hmm. So I think there's been this kind of evolution. We've seen it in the practice. People are coming for the first time. Yeah. for plastic surgery procedures, both non-invasive and invasive. We're just like, yeah, I've been thinking about this forever. I want the mommy makeover. You know, my last kid was seven years ago, but I want it now, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know if I'm kind of dancing but around the question. what is the mommy makeover? Mommy makeover. Is it anything or everything? It's everything. It's all in one. It's all-encompassing. All <laughs> <you> <laughs> yeah. Truthfully, you know, I, I, I made that comment uh, to, to one of the team members at the, at, the, at the office. We spoke about it, and I said, you know, traditionally a mommy makeover is... Uh, uh, a combination of procedures that are targeting some of the changes that women will go through after childbirth, and they're significant. So usually mm-hmm. there's a loss of volume to the breasts, loss of shape post-breastfeeding. So you address that one way or the other, either by putting breast implants in or just doing a breast lift. So that's one part of it. And then the more, uh, what people know uh, tummy, uh, uh, mommy makeover to, to represent more so is the tummy tuck or abdominoplasty. Mm-hmm. So with childbirth, again, you just have this <laughs> incredible process that you mm-hmm. go through one two three multiple uh childbirths uh, whatever have you and the skin is stretched so far out that it never really comes back to what yeah. it ever was on top of that uh through childbirth and carrying you separate the muscles of the abdominal wall so the rectus abdominal muscles are important for you know your core strength and they never quite get back to where they were so a mommy makeover that includes a tummy tuck means that we kind of address the skin so we kind of cut away the excess skin, loose skin, uh, and then we plicate or bring those muscles back together uh, to bring back that, uh, to bring back the strength, but also the shape of the abdominal wall, because there's always kind of a bulge that exists because you just aren't ever able to, you know what I mean? So mommy makeover traditionally is address the breast, address the tummy. Nowadays, I find um, the moms that are coming to me, it's head to toe. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's head to toe. They're like, okay, I'm not happy with what's happened to my breasts, but I don't want breast implants. So what else can I do? You know? And I'll say, well, we can do some liposuction yeah. to help kind of sculpt out the body that you had before uh, the kids. And then one of the most, you know, fun um, elements of plastic surgery nowadays is fat grafting. So we'll take that fat and we can put it somewhere else. Is so, that like a BBL? Exactly. Okay. So like a but BBL. Can you do it in your boobs too? Absolutely. So oh. a breast boost is some 
people have called it. Oh, I like that. A little BBL. What does BBL stand for? So BBL is a Brazilian butt lift. Ah, That's what it called. Because, you know, historically, the Brazilian plastic surgeons were the ones who kind of, you know, were doing a lot of the butt augmentation. That's where it really came out of South America. It was implants. And then it's just changed and evolved into more fat transfer or fat grafting. So that's another question that I got is, are they dangerous? You know, any surgery is dangerous, right? Okay. you know, and I always, I, and I don't want to make light of it, but any surgery is dangerous. And that's why it's so important that when you're getting any kind of a procedure, whether it's Botox or dermal fillers, you know, to the nose, to the lips, to the cheeks, whatever, you want to make sure you're going to the right person, uh, accredited person. So uh, there's an element of danger for sure yeah. with liposuction, right. you know, but we know what those risks are. Risks right. are. Um, again, we always fall back onto our training Patient selection is a very important part of that. Not right. everybody is an ideal patient Candidate, for yeah. every procedure. Right. But all you can do as a surgeon is try to mitigate those risks by picking the right patient mm-hmm. and then making sure perioperatively you've done everything you can to optimize the result, optimize the experience. Right. Yeah. What is um, the most like the most popular procedure that you think you perform? If I could break it down into two camps. Yeah. So non-operative procedures, I think... Again, with the advent of the Zoom calls and <laughs> and everybody staring at themselves for hours a day, you know, Botox fillers, uh, we call it kind of a non-surgical facelift where we can really refresh the face with, with hyaluronic acid fillers and Botox, which is a neuromodulator that helps take care of fine lines and wrinkles. Lip fillers have been mm-hmm. incredibly popular, giving a little plump up with uh, uh, hyaluronic acid fillers. And a lot of people I find are coming out of this pandemic looking for non-surgical right. options. So right. You know, we've been quite proud at the clinic that we have kind of like a touch-up clinic where we have these devices that we are able to offer to patients, literally come, stop in. You know, M-Sculpt has been incredibly popular uh, at our at our clinic uh, or come in for your Botox, come in for your filler type of thing. And it helps address some of the issues they have. On the surgical side, um, people are coming out of this pandemic a lot healthier. Again, they wanted to self-care, self-care, self-care. And they'll come and say, look, okay, I've lost the 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. I've worked mm-hmm. hard at it, but what am I going to do about this extra mm-hmm. skin? Yeah. So tummy tucks, um, body contouring with liposuction, I think, has been the busiest, mm-hmm. uh, the busiest two uh, coming out of the pandemic. Do you think that um, social media has impacted people's desire to do things like Botox, uh, fillers, just because uh, you see before and afters like... And then you go down a hole. Like, I've been on Dr. Miami's page <laughs> It's pretty incredible. Myself, you know, yeah. I, you're, you get on there and you're watching this and then you're liking the results. They've got some, you know, interesting yeah. personalities. Mm-hmm. You'll see some interesting personalities, yeah. 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 like, you know, Dr. Yeah. Miami's one. Um, but no, I think I always say the best patients are the most informed patients. Right, okay. You know, so I actually like it when patients come and say, you know, I've already A, gone to another surgeon yeah. or B, I've seen this on, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Right. And then you can have a little conversation where you can either, you know, reaffirm something they think or be like, no, that's, that's crazy. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You, don't want, you don't want that. Yeah. You know, so, so social media has been a big time uh, influence on our, uh, on, our, on our practice. Do you, are there surgical treatments that um, differ for people of color, like that you would or wouldn't do? Uh, should they avoid or are ones better for people of color? Great question. You know, I think what's been interesting for me to see as a plastic surgeon, as a black plastic surgeon, is how the companies that make a lot of the uh, technology 
are now starting to take that into consideration. Really? So, Finally, laser. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. You just took it like laser uh, treatments, et cetera. Like, they're almost contraindicated yeah. in people of color. They're like, don't, don't, don't come here. Yeah. Right. Really? <laughs> we're going to burn you. Exactly. <laughs> At least they say that. <laughs> so now we're starting to see that there are technologies being rolled out that, you know, the first thing for all skin types. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's a very important thing, I think. Yeah. Um, because it's part of the... It's, it's part of the, the problem, if you will. Right. You know, if, if you feel like you've got a, 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 a mixed group of friends and mm-hmm. they're always talking about this weekend treatment, I went and I did this at the spa and got that. And you're just like, well, I can't like, get I that can't because yeah. of my yeah. skin color. It's right. almost like, well, then I probably can't do anything else right. mm-hmm. in that realm. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that'll open up, uh, open up uh, some opportunity for folks to come in and at least inquire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a great shameless plug here. Morpheus 8 is this machine we have that does microneedling with radio frequency heat. I was just about to ask you which machine. Anyway. Yeah, you go. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm jumping the gun. Tell Sorry. me more. So, yeah, but it's People one thing. want to know. It's been such such a great addition to the practice. You know, you basically, um, it's microneedling to the face. And like I said, they have a heat component to it, which brings on and just restores the collagen to the face. Because that's what we're fighting against. We're yeah. fighting time. Yeah. And sun exposure from our teens and 20s, right? Yeah. So. Uh, this treatment is awesome. Uh, the results have been pretty incredible with yeah. people who've had it. It's kind of an ongoing thing, right. uh, but you do your three treatments and people are just like, whoa, I just snatched my neckline back. Right. My jawline's been snatched. I'm like, okay, we'll be there. We'll yeah, be there. Absolutely. Well, one of the things um, that, uh, that that people are always concerned about is is that, is that if they, like the barrier of entry, like, and it comes along with things like black don't crack, mm-hmm. or, right. you know, mm-hmm. right. and that, that, people won't even ask the question or then if they do get it, they have to then not say that they got right. it right because they're not part of, they're not part of the conversation. One of the things we had talked about previously was the idea that people are, are getting surgeries, white people to adopt the looks of black people, mm-hmm. but not the desirable ones, but not the undesirable right. ones. So um, bigger lips, bigger butt, um, but maybe a pointier nose. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything in that that kind of you find stressful, or is there any education we can work around to to make it not feel so racist? I don't know, or exclusionary. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? I mean, you're you're touching on a bunch of these. Are, I know. I was like, these are heat seeking, <laughs> heat seeking missiles, man. Yeah. These are these straight fire. I'm like. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> you know, and at the beginning, I was like dancing around it. How do I say this? Truthfully, <laughs> you know, I I think that's a it's it's a brilliant question, and the way you phrased it is so spot on. And it's it's it, there's an evolution to all of this. You know, what was considered uh, aesthetic mm-hmm. ten years ago yeah. is completely changed. Yeah, you know, Kardashians, God love them, but the influence of media, pop culture, it shapes what yeah. people, young women, men uh think is attractive right so you know i had a pretty engaging discussion with with one of the um one of the ceos of 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 the company that makes some of the product that i use and i think i'm actually be speaking about this in cabo in january because it's like what is the black aesthetic Mm -hmm. you know there's so much that is uh there's so much out there Mm -hmm. in terms of traditional aesthetics Mm -hmm. but it's like well what exactly is black aesthetics as a definition right and i don't know that there is one we have features, yeah, you yeah. know, and those features are now being kind of pulled in by other cultures or other races, other ethnicities. Um, and it's not that you want ownership of it. That's no. not what you're saying, but maybe some recognition. Yeah. Some recognition or to, to say, allow for it to be acceptable yeah. in, in whatever black package it comes yeah. in. Yeah, right? exactly. So it's like, uh, 
I know in some hiring practices I've been around in some corporations we work for that wouldn't be acceptable for a black woman to come in with cornrows or mm-hmm. dreadlocks. But as, as soon as a Kardashian, Kardashian has, has a little has and then they call it boxer brains, brains yeah. then it's, it's cool and it's fly. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. right. Because, because they have soft European white hair that, that because it's palatable. Yeah. They make, they make those things palatable in terms of aesthetic. And, you know, we've spoken about this on the podcast before, but what that has done for a, like a whole group of, of women, of people who were not considered beautiful when they had it. And then all of a sudden it's a flip switch. But I remember being like, because I'm 40 now, like I remember being in high school in Newmarket, one mm-hmm. of the only black people there um, and being made fun of because I had a yeah. big ass. Right. And and then going to Miami, like. I think it was one of my first trips with my friends and going to Miami and it was everybody had big fake boobs, mm-hmm. but like an ass Straight was like, back. You, you know, you, if you had one, you had to cover it. And <laughs> Mr. Lewin posts this most hilarious video of like, it was probably like 2000 and the girl was the perfect fit model and she's wearing jeans and like, she has the perfect ass. She turns around and it's literally as flat as this. <laughs> and, and everybody's laughing now, now, mm-hmm. but back mm-hmm. then like jeans were under your hip oh bone and, and it was like, that was the look. Everybody went to, to get plastic surgery just for boobs. And now it's like a whole other world. Mm-hmm. Now it's acceptable. I'm like, damn, I wish I was a kid now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> truly, truly. Yeah, no, you're, it's, and that's the ebb and flow of, of, of aesthetics. I mean, you see the same thing in fashion. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it just does the, the peaks and valleys and all of a sudden stuff that was, yeah. you know, not so fresh in the 90s is like the hottest thing right back. now. Yeah, you know? so, <laughs> uh, it's, uh But the challenge, I guess, for for us as plastic surgeons, and I don't want to speak on behalf of the profession, but, you know, the challenge is always just to, you know, when you meet a patient and they come to you with these, uh, um, you know, I want to look like this, Mm -hmm. literally, you know, this is what I want. You just want to make sure that they're okay. You know what I mean? You want to like Barbie lady? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And you see this stuff, yeah. you know, Paul Nassif is a great guy with botched. And right. uh, I, I, I was at a conference in Utah before the pandemic uh, and we were chatting. He was there. He's a really, really funny guy. Um, but it's, it's always about like, <laughs> they'll always find a surgeon who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So regardless of, 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 of what you've talked about and whatnot, just you almost, you, you have to stay true to yourself. Right. You know, it's not about the money. Right. You just got to stay true to yourself and just be like, okay, I can, des- I can, I can give this result for sure. Confidently, you know, I can fall back on the skill set to give you this for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I don't think that this I don't is think, achievable. I don't think this is a thing. You it's know? not it, babe. It's yeah. so important to manage those expectations. You got it. Because I feel like then after the oh, surgery, boy. after the money, expectation after... management mm-hmm. is literally the. Yes, That's Cleo has a good point on that. She had a bunch of friends who had had liposuction and. And it's like, you think, well, you have liposuction, you can still eat Popeyes every day. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. You see all of the people out there who um, who are posting, like, and they have these unrealistic mm-hmm. body, like, you think it's so unrealistic right. what their bodies look like. But they're still every morning showing you they're working out at 5 a.m. Why is that? Because you can get the surgery, but you're still not going to get that body. Right. Yeah, because your chilling. mindset hasn't changed. Mind like, all my friends, I know a number of people who've, who've done this, and what they've told me afterwards is, like, the... I don't know what it is. There's a ripple effect of things that they didn't expect where they're like, yeah, great. I got rid of the fat in my tummy. 
But now I have like kind of a weird dip. And then what happens is stress and life. And then they keep eating like cocos and Popeyes every day or whatever they're doing. And she's like, great. I didn't gain the weight back in my stomach. But now like my knees have blown up because right. the fat has to go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Or like my face. And, and I think that's what is really interesting about plastic surgery. And I had like a follow up question. So if your job is about, you know, expectation management, which I feel like all of our jobs are, <laughs> even in events. Um, do you think that's why, and I've heard this from a lot of people who've had plastic surgery, they go to places like Medellin or, um, you know, South America, <laughs> because there are fewer rules there about how you do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think destination plastic surgery is a very, you know, it's a cautionary tale. Um, it's not just a matter of... Uh, you know, come to us or come to stay, keep it in Canada, keep mm -hmm. it local kind of thing. It's a <laughs> shop, shop local, yeah, for, your shop local surgeon, for your plastic guys. surgery, please. It's more <laughs> just the die. safety, it's a safety <laughs> component, you know, and there are some incredibly trained international plastic surgeons without question. You know, Alfredo Hoyos right now uh, out of Colombia is, you know, the leader in high definition liposculpture. It's not even liposuction anymore. It's liposculpture. He's a <laughs> I, I literally was like, um, cool. We're going to Colombia. That's my plug for Colombia. Oh my goodness. But no, so, you know, it, it's just, it's, uh, it evolves. Like I said earlier with uh, Ivo Patangi, he's kind of the godfather of aesthetic surgery out of Brazil. So, you know, there are great surgeons out there, no question, but you know, if the motivation is to kind of save on costs mm -hmm. to go there, then it's almost one of those you're going to get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not to knock any of my international colleagues, but it's just, you know, if you're going to go out there, the same thing, get to know them yeah. <laughs> somehow, yeah, yeah. you know, like before and afters, uh, check out their website. Are they, are they licensed? You know, because a lot of times when the, the price dips to a certain threshold, you're, you're really, you're really kind of risking it. And on the flip side of that, you know, a lot of my colleagues in the GTA, we see the patients who come back with, you know, disastrous results, you know, so you're on call, you got a page, hey, I've got a patient here, they had a BBL mm. in Dominican, and yeah, you got to come down and see this, and you show up to the emergency department, and you're just like, this, if you're this thinking is bad. it's too good to be true, it's too good it to is, be. yeah, <laughs> fact, 100%. you know, yeah. Fact. And again, I'm not saying, you know, destination plastic surgery is is not a thing to do uh, to South America or Mexico. Like it's it is what it is. But uh, it's just it's a it's a it's a cautionary tale. Get to know your surgeon, get to know their credentials. Um, and uh, you got it. It's got to be a vibe, man. You got to feel good with your yeah. surgeon. Like my my interactions, my favorite parts of my clinic clinical week is the post ops. I talk way too much, by the way, as you guys can probably We love attest. it. We like it. <laughs> They're like, it. he just doesn't stop talking. No, no. but you don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, be our guests all the, time. the patients <laughs> truly, you know, it's such a back and forth, you know, and it's always like, okay, sweet, you know, nine times out of the 10, if you like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But that one out of 10, if you fall a bit short, like I, it's almost like, uh, it's like, okay, so how do we get you across the finish line? So what do we got to do? And they love it because we've talked about it beforehand mm -hmm. and now it's just a matter of figuring out what we're going to do to achieve that aesthetic result, um, specifically aesthetic result that you were going for. So, hmm. Do you feel like you have, well, I know you said when you're looking for a surgeon, make sure they're licensed, make sure they're accredited, but do you have any other tips about how to find the right surgeon? Yeah. I mean, number one, uh, they should be board, board certified. 
That's a really big deal. That's like your number one. When it comes to plastic surgery, you need to find a board-certified plastic surgeon. I mean, the nomenclature is a bit off between board-certified, board-eligible. This is more of a Canada-US thing. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, in Canada, if you're going to have a plastic surgery procedure by a plastic surgeon, you want to ensure that they are a fellow of the Royal College of of, uh, Surgeons, uh, Physicians of Canada. Like fellow, 100%. You see those letters, FRCSC. That's, and that's after their name. That's after their name. Okay. Not MD, like not just MD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They've got to be a fellow of the Royal College because that means that they've gone through a residency training in Canada and most importantly, they've successfully um, sat their Royal College examination. Here. Yeah, in Canada. So that's start. And there was also a really good uh, explanation that you gave me that in, it, that in Canada... It's hard to be a surgeon in Canada. You're explaining something. Yeah, basically, it's it's just, it's such a rigorous, yeah. rigorous uh, journey. And I mean, nobody's going to tell you. It's not just plastic surgery, orthopedic surgery, urology, you know, you name it. Surgical residency training in Canada is tough. Yeah. It really is. Uh, but when you make it through, um, you are so well respected, not just in Canada, but by your American colleagues, European colleagues. And when you're licensed uh, through the Royal College here, it's a lot easier for you to go to these other countries and right. practice plastic surgery without significant recertification. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to come to Canada yeah. to practice, mm-hmm. you got to do the whole thing all over yeah, again. That's my dad, and yeah. like he he did his he did all of his studying in Edinburgh, which is like University of Edinburgh, which is a great school, like mm-hmm. world recognized. Mm-hmm. Comes mm-hmm. here, they're like, nope, <laughs> start again. <laughs> you know, you know, so that's it's 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 a great country for that. The medical system here, I know you get the back and forth that's a whole nother topic in itself but uh the key thing though to circle back on it is just to make sure they're a certified plastic surgeon Mm -hmm. you know like you said social media is a gift and a curse you (laughs) see a lot of things there but you know even in plastic surgery training we go through sessions on photography and how you want to do standardized pictures because anybody can selfie like this and then they're Mm -hmm. throwing it on there and it's not really giving the real right you know what I mean? Some face tune. Yeah, 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 and you got all, exactly all these filters, so yeah. it can be a bit tricky that way. But ultimately, I think you know it all boils down to that trust, that vibe you form, that relationship you form with your surgeon, mm-hmm. and you can bring a thousand pictures if if, if it doesn't look anything like what you bring in, and they're not able to achieve that. If there's no point. Right, you're gonna be you know. Unhappy. So get a vibe, get a good vibe with your with your surgeon. Spend time. You know, don't do one consult, do three with the same wow. surgeon or with other surgeons. I feel like so surgeons. many surgeons are going to hate you. For <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> for yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. you've been like, I, I had a breast reduction and it's like, I could feel like I was being like almost pushed out. Like, mm-hmm. oh, or, or he's like, when he comes in, it's like, he's coming to see you. And you have to sit there and wait and wait because he's so busy. And then it's like, hurry up. Like, I'm like, oh, what did I want to ask? Like, no, I don't, no, you know, it's no. like, yeah. you feel so rushed. And then you almost feel like, because they have such a name that mm-hmm. you ha- you should expect that. Rather, it was very different with you. Anyway. Yeah, oh. um, what are some of the misconceptions and stereotypes that you face being one of the few black men in your field? Another great question. Yeah. Man, you guys, this is Heat like... Seeking I feel yeah. like uh, is, that so. Utah story was yeah. great. <laughs> Uh-oh. That was a good one. Um, you know, I think more from a more global standpoint, I think just being, you know, a black male in this day and age, you know, I'm tall. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and we joked about this when we were, were in the <laughs> clinic. I said, you know, the number of times I've been stopped at airports, you know, and they're just mm-hmm. like, you play for the Bears. 
like, you, and I'm just kind of like, no. Sometimes I have some fun with like, it. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, ask for autographs. You know, you're on vacation and you're at, you know, whatever the resort. and People are coming up and they're asking that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it is what it is when it mm-hmm. comes to that, just in terms of the, the generalities of, of, of being a, you know, a taller black male. They're just those misconceptions yeah. are there, period. I mean, I remember a story from my dad way back. He had come from Nigeria to do a presentation and I, can, I can't remember the, the city. I want to say Chicago. But anyway, he came in and, you know, I can just imagine Rufus. Uh, that's, <laughs> yes, his name is Rufus. Badass Rude. name. Yeah. <laughs> Rufus is there, his shirt and tie. You know, he's dressed to impress. He's got his papers. He's got everything to go. And like he, he, at the airport and they're asking, like, why are you here? And they're like, oh, you must be an entertainer. And I, it stuck with him because I remember it stuck with me. And he yeah. told me this probably 30 years ago, yeah. 20 years ago. And I just always remember them. Like, why would I think he's an entertainer? He's not that tall. He's not that <laughs> can't saying like i just my you couldn't understand my brain wasn't processing what he was experiencing there and you can only imagine what he and you know you know the uh legends like your dad and what they would have gone through um specific to plastic surgery i think you know nowadays there's less of a i don't say stigma i think people are very encouraged Mm -hmm. you know i see a lot of, of of young kids in my trauma clinic uh and they're just staring at you like that's the doctor Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Filipino kids, black kids, you know, some indigenous kids. And, you know, I've probably mentored, and I say mentor, they just come hang out with me for like a day. <laughs> but be they're, the best that's mentoring. mentoring. Yeah, yeah, you know, that'd be a great day. They, they just come, they're just like, wow, yeah. this is a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of added bonus of being one of the few black mm-hmm. plastic surgeons in the country is just like, hey, look, you can do it too. Right. You know, yeah, you, you can, you you can do the see. NHL, you can do the NBA thing, you can do whatever you want, but yeah. being a plastic surgeon is it's part of that conversation mm-hmm. or being a physician, yeah. being a veterinarian, you know, being an engineer, just there's more to it than just uh, what you might see on TV. Right. I don't want to let this go without you touching a little bit on the different ex- experiences that you've had where it's almost like the, what's that saying? Cut by death by a thousand cuts, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, that you would show up at a conference and they would mistake you as the security. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you've worked so hard to find your place and be part of this world and that no matter what, because of the color of your skin, there will always be mm-hmm. this kind of sidebar, snide remark, kind of even in your schooling and in your teaching. Mm-hmm. Like you come from a family of surgeons. So it's not even like like he made it out the hood. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But you didn't, right? And so even though you did it, you still aren't accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that that someone who maybe that white person made it out the hood. Right. But he, yeah. But he's, what he's doing to you is that there's a, always an ability to belittle. And how do you manage that? How do you manage those interactions those or those small insults? Those yeah. Small, yeah. Uh, what, it, what do you call them? Microaggressions. Microaggressions. Yeah. yeah. And they're, I mean, the medical field historically is a very kind of male, yeah. uh, white male dominated profession. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a huge shift just on a gender basis over the years in terms of the admissions and, and the positions that are being filled, which I think is fantastic. But I just, you know, you're humble, you stay humble, you know, mm-hmm. you're true to yourself, you know what, how hard you've worked to get to where you are. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. I mean, the one thing that used to truly irk me, and I think we chatted yeah. about this too, is, you know, you've got a, f- a father who you went through all this incredible, I can't even imagine, from Nigeria to training at McGill to establishing a practice in Northern Ontario, et cetera. But people will 
minimize your accomplishment by saying something like, oh, well, you only got into med school because your dad's a doctor, which is literally yeah, the impossible. opposite. <laughs> it's it it's worse. A, yeah, that, that's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> that's just literally the opposite. Like, Imagine your dad, they're like, yeah. just hands a little money. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, He's a you doctor. Have, you have do a scalpel, like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ooh, where do, where do I cut? Did I wash my hands Is that how this works? What? So, yeah, you, you come across that kind of yeah. stuff, you know, and whether it's to your face or conversation on the side, I think you just, you I, like, you just educate people, right? You know, mm-hmm. education is key, you know, and I just, you know, I love my family. I'm proud of my family and I'm very, very, very quick to, to, to put them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll very seldom talk about myself. I'm talking about Bimpy. I'm talking about Bookie. Yeah. I'm talking about Boomy, yeah. Femi. So when they get to know you, they get to see what you're made of, right. the stuff you're made of, mm-hmm. then it's just like, okay, doesn't yeah. matter to me. It doesn't phase me if you will, but it's still... So sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Still there. it's great that you have that great circle around mm-hmm. you. When I walked in to go to your practice, um, I'm from Newmarket, but it's developed more. So it's right across the street from the hospital. And there's this bridge. I feel like when they built the bridge, Newmarket must have been like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and I walked in and I, um, not so friendly uh, receptionist, I, was, <laughs> I said to her, I'm like, um, oh, I'm here to see Dr. Ayani. Uh, which one? And I'm like, well, Dr. Yeti, she's like, which one? And I'm like, good for her, too, because I only thought there was one. She's like, ma'am, there's three. And I'm like, okay, okay. that's enough. Okay. Okay. Basically, this is their building. So Point taken. <laughs> no. but, it, but it is cool. Like, it's so cool, too, because I made an assumption, mm-hmm. right? There you that, go. Like, and there, she checked there could it. be only one. There's definitely not three. Like, you know. So you're like, I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> never I'm sorry. ever. Too funny. Um, Dr. Iani, you're a full time plastic surgeon. You have your own clinic. You're a mentor. What don't you do? How do you maintain any sort of balance? I mean, we don't believe in balance, but how do you have a bit of a personal life while still I mean this again, we keep coming back to the pandemic. Like this has just been a crazy time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh the reality of, of this experience in the last year and a half has been that the pandemic has adversely affected certain certain jobs more than others and in medicine you know a lot of people think oh everybody's just working plastic surgery actually took quite a bit big stopped. hit we yeah. were yeah just essentially stopped mm-hmm. for quite some time even when things open back up it still stopped because as you know a majority of the stuff that we do is is elective mm-hmm. right right so you know when you're worried about icus uh, and ventilators being used up yeah. and people who need it they're not going to be like yeah let's just slide in a couple of these breast augmentations <laughs> that's just not happening under the radar yeah that's just not going to happen so you know ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, not working so much, uh, was actually quite good. I thought, you know, just to kind of just recheck, 
you know, I was knocking on 40 as well. So it's just like, now I'm here. Yeah. You know, I've got these two beautiful boys, Gabriel and Grayson, are the world, my world, my world. Um, So just time with the boys when you get chance. Time with the boys. Love jazz music. I'm a jazz head, you know, so I'm always, that takes me to a place where you can just kind of, you know. Sweetest kid. Aside from that, you know, keep active, keep physical. Chasing those two little guys is pretty, pretty busy. But uh, aside from that, um, also excited to be getting back into it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. now we're starting to ramp back up. We'll see what happens with this quote unquote fourth wave. But ultimately, I'm just looking forward to. <laughs> I know. We're holding out yes. on that for yes. as long as we can. Just pretend we're, it's not coming. We're willing it not to happen, <laughs> right. actually, through good energy only. <laughs> um, so, oh, what non surgical stuff provides real results? I know lots of them, but you tell us what's yeah, there's awesome. A, there's a lot of what cool stuff. What can we sign up for? You can sign up for everything <laughs> on APSI. Please come by. Everything is on the table. Like I said, Morpheus 8 is incredible. That's a cool, uh, a cool treatment option that, again, it works to kind of restore. We call it kind of non surgical facelift. So you come in, you get your treatments, and it just tightens. Mm-hmm. Helps tighten. It deals with scars. It helps with fine lines and wrinkles. Um, it just really rejuvenates the face neck doing it on the chest uh, if i do liposuction to the arms whatnot i'll do it to the arms like it's just a really cool modality that we have been seeing some incredible results the clinic that we've established the apsi clinic part of it what i thought it, how it would work is kind of micro targeting moms moms who are mm. again the pandemic wasn't in the picture at the time but moms who have you know had the kids and maybe they don't want can't afford or just don't want to do the surgery, what other options are there? So M-Sculpt is a machine we have, which is pretty incredible. Uh, it uses a really neat, um, called HIFEM technology, magnetic energy that helps basically <laughs> stimulate muscle. So uh, that diastasis I talked about with the tummy tucks, this is an opportunity for women to have that kind of core strength um, repair without surgery. It's crazy. I tried it and I was like, at first I was like, okay, it's so weird. Like it makes your... <laughs> Like, they're like, what's happening? (laughs) And then the next day, I'm like, "Ah." and then I went to the gym, and then I was like, oh my God. It was like I had done 20,000 crunches. Exactly. Exactly. And it seems really gimmicky. I want to stay away from that, but it's the truth, right? And it's it's quite incredible. So M Sculpt is great. Uh, A great company called BTL that put it out. And when when I went for that machine, thinking of that same cohort, I also picked up the Amsella chair, which is also pretty revolutionary. Um, it's a chair that uses the same energy where women can come by and even men now are starting to advertise for erectile dysfunction. But ultimately what it does is this chair emits this energy up through into the pelvic floor. So you're sitting there 20 minutes, pelvic floor. I mean, I, do you feel like a jolt? You, yeah. feel, you feel something. This whole time I was like, don't, don't say it. <laughs> you, do. you feel something. And, uh, it's again, it's the equivalent of doing all these thousands, like thousands of Kegels. And I mean, we've had incredible success with it, with women who struggle with bladder leakage. And it's one of those things, again, it's a taboo topic. You know, you women go through so much, you know, through this process. And at the end of it, you're kind of left being like, okay, now look at this, right? This doesn't work. I'm getting up three times to pee at night. Can't be on a trampoline. Got to plan my running routes around bathrooms. Like that kind of thing is real. And historically a lot of the treatment options are kind of invasive mm-hmm. you got to be a, so being able to come in just kick it for 30 minutes sit on a chair keep your clothes on and get the results <laughs> yeah that's incredible yeah it's been pretty cool can you differentiate fillers and botox i feel like people kind of yes, use them interchangeably. Yes, yes, yes you're absolutely right so that's a great question and you're right people just say yeah, i just need a little bit of filler for this and you're like for what it's like these wrinkles it's like you don't want that 
Don't yeah, do that. Nope. Do that. Don't let anybody give it to you for that. <laughs> um, so Botox, it, it, Botox is actually a trade name, right? It's it belongs to a company called Allergan, but everybody refers to Botox as just it's a toxin, botulinum toxin, which is kind of a medical grade usable to treat certain conditions. And it was actually a little bit of dive back in history here. It was actually being used to treat kind of blepharospasms of the eye, and then they discovered that it was getting rid of wrinkles uh, you know so that's how it became kind of an, a cosmetic use it's a neuromodulator so it gets injected and it blocks the signal you know if you see kind of the ship to the shore people can't see this but they can hear what i'm saying you guys you guys get visualize, it right? visualize. yeah yeah it's very visual and basically you know when you activate a muscle that signal neurotransmitter comes in and then that muscle gets activated what botox does is it just blocks the ability of this uh, signal to get to the muscle the end plate the end the end goal so it's the muscles that are moving, the facial muscles are moving, uh, that cause us to move and cause us to get the wrinkles. So by blocking that, you're taking care of wrinkles. There's Botox, there's Xeomin, which is what I use at my clinic. It's kind of a baby Botox, we call it. Oh. It's not quite as potent. Uh, lasts about as long, three to four months. Um, but it just it's a little bit softer. Right. You know. So some people still want to be able to animate and show Yes. Expressions. They don't want to be in a wind yeah. tunnel 24 yeah. 7 of that look. Totally. Very, right. very surprised. Yes, all the time. Uh, and then there's disport, which is another type. Fillers are completely different. Uh, fillers are hyaluronic acid, which is a, kind of a naturally occurring substance in the human body. And now we have this medical grade hyaluronic acid that we can use to volumize. So we use fillers to, to fill, right? So if we're doing lips, if yeah. we're doing uh, liquid rhinoplasty to the nose, if you're doing some lifting of the cheek because things start to sag with age and again yeah. with sun exposure. So the combination of fillers and Botox is awesome in terms of performing what we call, again, the non-surgical facelift. Or, right. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty cool, but two very different things. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned something that, that I have these questions, a bunch of questions that people came <laughs> through with. And uh, someone wanted to know, is it true that filling the nasolabial folds yes. is one of the most risky filler procedures? Great question. So no, I mean, I think, again, in the right hands, and it doesn't have to be a plastic surgeon. I'm not here trying to hype up the profession and say, don't go to an injections nurse because they don't know what they're doing. A lot of the nurses who do this have gone through pretty good training. Right. And like I always say from the very beginning, it all comes down to anatomy. Okay. So when it comes to the nasolabial fold, those are kind of our laugh line here. Mm. There are just important structures, specifically the nasolabial artery, that you cannot inject into. That's mm. a big problem. That's a big deal. But if you're injecting the tear troughs, you've also got you know, the infraorbital artery. So and there's pulse. anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you know what you're doing um, yeah. and more importantly, how to get out of trouble, then for me, I would say, no, that's not the most dangerous, okay. but you just kind of have to be comfortable with the anatomy, know what you're doing. I thoroughly enjoy doing fillers and, and Botox. It's kind of a, it's a fun day. Fun. Yeah. What about um, threads? Threads are kind of up and coming. We, mm -hmm. we don't offer them at our clinic. Um, as a surgeon, you still want to fall back to your craft and do the things that... <laughs> I will give spend, you a facelift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 15 years of school, man. Like, you got to yeah. use the, You got to use it. So I think, you know, a mid-facelift, a neck lift, uh, or a full facelift is my preference when it comes to trying to address uh, uh, kind of, again, the stigmata of facial aging, we call it, when things just start to descend and things are falling down and falling off. But from what I've seen and from what I know, threads are, they're decent. They're decent. Yeah, they're decent. They're a decent option. I've heard lots it. of mixed reviews <laughs> yeah. about threads, and I feel like because it is so new. It's so new, and again, it depends on who's doing it. And mm -hmm. I, I, I personally don't know any of my colleagues who are doing them, so I, I just kind of question it. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't, I'm on the fence on that one. It's fine. What would you have done if not medicine surgery? Oh my gosh. You're clearly very stylish. The million dollar, yes, the million dollar question. I'd be a fashion designer. (laughs) My God. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, my hoop dreams, I think about 17, I realized that wasn't going to (laughs) happen. So basketball wasn't in the cards. Um, I like design, man. I like Mm -hmm. it. Truthfully, mm-hmm. like I'm like architectural digest. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I like that kind of stuff. I like, you know, the office was fun to kind of put together. Yeah. Um, so what the heck would I have done if I didn't? I don't know. Maybe some kind of, maybe an actor. Oh, oh that too. Yeah. I think I may have you gone been a that. voice actor. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. Well, and then might want to come on stage sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of talked about how you take care of yourself, but what other things do you do to like unwind, have fun? Like you, you were just at the cottage. You yeah, we had friends. a good time this past weekend in Muskoka, which was great with some friends, some mm-hmm. friends from medical school. It's, you know, we're, we're, I'm a bit of a, you know, my dad, my dad came to university once uh, at Western when I did my undergrad and Western is notoriously a very social party school. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, that very nicely. So my two brothers and I, we all went to Western and we had a great time there. And then Bookie and I went back to do our residency in plastics there. But ultimately during my undergrad, you know, my dad, uh, one of the floor people, Don's or whatever was kind of there. And my dad's like, so how are things going here with, with motherly? How are, you know, like, give me the, give me the scoop. What's, how's he, is he behaving kind of thing? And the guy was kind of giving this fluffy answer whatever because he says you know i have five children and they're all very social (laughs) (laughs) social butterflies modely he's a social rhinoceros and i remember being like what first of all savage i was like get it dad put that on a t-shirt man that is i'm a social rhinoceros (laughs) that's incredible and your dad it was almost like he was giving him a heads up yeah you know it's like just so you know like look what's coming yeah so anyway I forgot what you even asked me, but I had to get that out. That was good. So, <laughs> so to chill, you hang yeah. out with people and have Got a good time. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No family, man. It's all family. My folks, like I said, my dad's now retired. My beautiful mom, the queen of mm-hmm. all. Like, if there's anybody you need on a podcast, oh, plug in my mom. Oh, uh, yeah. oh my How do you God. handle all of these she animals? Is, yes. She is. Exactly. Truly. How do you herd these? Especially that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So spend as much time as you can with family, man. That's mm-hmm. what keeps you. And again, coming through this pandemic, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but I really got a chance to really reevaluate what's really important, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and to be fortunate enough to still be getting you know, the awkward text messages from your mom and the FaceTime with their thumb in the camera, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of stuff is still, so you spend the time with the people that, uh, that keep you going, you know, friends and family. So I do a lot of that, especially now that we're able to. We love it. I feel like there's like a million more. Oh, wait. I feel like we have to ask like the most important question that you got. Oh, yeah. Are you single? There it is. Oh, wow. We're going there. <laughs> well, it's you know why? Because they're, go- they're going to ask again. It's happened. And there I are, am... there are, they're going to follow up. No, there, yeah, there's you know? a lot of questions. Lot of, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm single. I'm a single, single dad. Like I said, mm. my heart kind of belongs to my two little guys. But uh, yeah, I'm single. Well, maybe but we'll, we'll put you on the show. We'll matchmake. Oh, here we go. His appointment's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's wondering about this. Oh my gosh, yes, like, <laughs> you guys are too much. Oh my, oh my goodness. He's oh my goodness. Yeah. I know. It's hot in here. Look at it. Bad enough I'm wearing a sweater in forty degrees. I don't know what that was earth. an over, that was an oversight. Yeah, I was an oversight. I mean yeah. a fashionable one, but yeah. <laughs> Well, that was so awesome. We really appreciated you spending some time with us. This was great. I think you guys are wonderful, and I'm uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity. 
Coes, you know what to do. Rate this podcast five stars on Apple and don't forget to follow us on Spotify. You can continue keeping up with our adventure on the gram at Coco and Co. That's C-O-W-E. Now go tell your friends about it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.